Remember the movie Cadillac Records? I'll keep buying you a car, but I won't give you what you're worth. So... Because if I give you what you're worth, you can buy your own car. I, I don't need you to buy no car. I don't need you to pay for me to go on no vacation. Just give me what my resume says I'm supposed to get. So when you ask me how does it feel to not hear him come out, I have to put my brother... What's up, one of my night artists? Welcome back to the show. My name is Marcos Luis. Glad you could make it. This is the end of the year show. I thought I was going to end that season off of 2023, but I had a little something to say. So today I want to talk a little bit about the film and acting industry. And recently we've been seeing uh, a lot of disparity and some comments and videos from Taraji P. Henson, who is starring in the new Color Purple, executive produced by Oprah Winfrey and Steven Spielberg. Uh, I think Quincy Jones is along with that crowd as well. Um, and she's recently come out a little bit discouraged about the disparity between the pay of black women in Hollywood. I think it's a valid point. Um, a lot of you may not know what goes on in the film industry and TV industry. So I'm here to give you a little bit of insight because I've worked on both sides. I've worked as an actor. I work as a filmmaker and I've worked as a producer on some projects and the understanding of what happens uh, in Hollywood is big. Now, I've never worked in huge, huge commercial projects, you know, like Avatar or any of those things, but I do know what the disparity is. So basically the um, problem with uh, Taraji's having is that her pay rate uh, is significantly lower than other women in the business and actors in general. Now, we know this is true because we know that uh, just a few years back, the comedy Blackish, um, what the stars were being paid, the lead, Tracy Ellis Ross and Anthony Anderson versus the other comedies and TV shows that were going on at the same time were significantly less than those lead actors like Ellen Pompeii and Grey's Anatomy. Um, we know that Viola Davis was receiving a, a lot less than her as well. Uh I think Blackish Tracy Ellis Ross was receiving $80,000 per episode, Anthony Anderson $100,000 versus Tim Allen in his uh standing comedy um was a lot lower. So these are the typical things that are happening in the business. Now a lot of the frustration that Taraji P Henson is having is that specifically in the color purple, she felt like she was being paid a lot less. Well, let's break it down just a little bit. So what happens is, is when you're a filmmaker, you go in with the idea. So Color Purple is a reimagined version of the stage play musical, The Color Purple. It's not a remake of, of the first Color Purple. This is the stage version, version musical reimagined. So that means they reworked Alice Walker's version of this uh, uh, musical, giving them giving the artist a little more creativity and giving the storyline a little bit more depth, if you will. So it's a different, it's a different story. So opening weekend, it made $18 million, which is the second highest opening of a musical of all time, of all time. That means it came second to Les Miserables, right? So 
what happens is, is you have, as a filmmaker, you have a budget. That's the budget you have to make the film. So everything in that budget has to fit within. So when you hire the actors and a lot of independent films, which I've worked on, some actors take no pay. Some actors take, take minimal pay. Some actors take a percentage of the sales afterwards. So in this instance, you sign a contract with your, with the film company. Um, and it's decided upon at that time, how much you're going to get paid. Now, I want to say this as an actor going into a project, I know what the pay is. I sign on the dotted line. I know what my pay is going to be. I think in advance of all the possibility of where this film may go, you know, that's my educated, you know, uh, analysis of where this film may go with independent distribution, or if it's a commercial film, where it may go, how it's going to be distributed. And you go in with the knowledge of what the intention of the film is. So I sign on the contract. If I'm going to make $60,000, if I'm going to make $5,000, it's the same thing with commercials. When I, before I joined the union, I'm part of the Screen Actors Guild. Before I joined those unions, if it's a buyout, that means I'm getting one flat fee for the continuous use of this commercial. So they can run that commercial from now until the end of time, which has happened to me. So as a young actor, you know, if I did a commercial, they do a buyout, they pay me one flat fee, could be $100. If I accepted at the time, could be $5,000 and they can run it. I had a commercial that ran for like 10 years and I got one flat fee. Then I joined the union. And once you join the union after getting a national commercial, then the number of times that the commercial runs, you receive pay, you receive royalties or residuals as they call them in the business. So that's what, that's where, you know, you make additional monies in the film industry could be the same thing. It depends on what your contract is. Now, along with, you know, these huge commercial films, when you get to be a caliber such as, you know, A-list celebrities like uh, Emmy, Emmy winner Taraji P. Henson, you know, uh, even Fantasia, first time, you know, big film, feature film for her. There's a lot that goes along with it because you then have yourself as an actor, but you have an agent. You have to deal with an agent to book the jobs. So the agent gets 20% off the top. Then you have a team of people who are, you know, styling you makeup, hair, making sure you're, you know, everything's intact, your assistant. That's another, that's 30% of your gross pay. So in addition to that, before you even, before you even pay those people, the government takes half of your gross. So if you make $10 million, as she ex explained in her video, 50% of that goes straight off to the government. You don't even see it. So then you're paying an additional 30% of your gross, not 30% of what you have left is 30% of the gross to your team to make you look good, to keep you fresh. So every time you go out in public, you look good, your makeup's good, your hair is good. You know, you show up at appearances or PR, your PR people is one of them. Um, 
you show up and you're looking good to promote your film and your project. So that's a huge, huge chunk of your salary. So for say, if you're filming for six months, six or seven months working on this project, you're only making X amount of dollars. You've already given away 80% of your money. How are you supposed to live? How are you supposed to continue on? So now if you guys remember back, you know, in the day, it's the same thing in the music business where TLC came out and they were bankrupt because they had so many people to pay their team. They were making 35 cents on the dollar. 35 cents with the number one top selling female group of all time on the record. So the problem then becomes, what do you do along with it? What do you do along with this while you're doing this film? So as we find out, Taraji, she's doing everything right. Um, you find out that while she was in Empire, her team was not setting her up for success. So she subsequently fired them right after Empire. So what I mean by that is while you're working, if you have a team of people, your team of people should be working forward for your next project. So they should be getting together all your stuff, all your endorsements. It's not necessarily the money that you make on the projects that are going to propel you forward. It's what's happening along with it. Your endorsements, you are a commodity, you are a business, you yourself are an entity. So you should be getting, okay, say for an instance, Empire, she's iconic for, you know, looking good. Uh, she's an icon for the fashion. So her fashion, her team should have been getting together her fashion endorsements, right? So if they fall short and while they were making, they were in production for uh, a spinoff for Cookie on Empire, they should be getting those things ready for her, which they didn't. She's been in the business a long time, right? So I feel the pain. I feel what she's talking about. But the biggest part of it all is she's not even getting the same salary as everybody else. So for me, and I can't speak on anyone else, I know that I want to get the same amount of pay as a white counterpart. We should. But Hollywood is saying that we're not a viable commodity overseas, even that our movies don't sell. Nobody's going to the theater to see us. Okay. So two things with that. Why not? Are you not putting enough money behind the marketing for our projects? People of color? Hmm. That's the question. What do you guys think? Let me know. Type in the, in the chat down there. Are they not marketing our movies the same? Are we not getting stories the same way as our white counterparts? What's the last movie you saw that was for the masses, you know, that starred black actors? I don't know. Are we just not getting the script? So my thought is this is where we turn the tables. We make our own films. But how do we distribute them? That's why we go to Hollywood, because we haven't been able to secure the distribution. The worldwide, the global distribution, some of these large companies will monopolize it. So maybe that's what needs to happen. 
We need more black companies, more colors of companies distributing our films in a way where we're seen worldwide, globally. We know that domestically our films sell. We know that when we're in the huge films like Avatar and the Marvel comics, and we are lead and we're seen, and that goes for black, Latinos, all brown people, you know, those things are appealing. Those have huge successes. And lest we forget Wakanda, all black cast. So what is the world looking at? You guys tell me, right in the chat box down there below, or, or, or DM me or, or email me and let me know what you think about that. I think that uh, we need to step forward as people of color. I can't even tell you the last time we've seen, you know, uh, more Latinos as leads, you know, all Latino cast. We have Hamilton. We have things like that that are now starting to pop up. Where are the Indians? Where are the Native American? And I mean, uh, um, East Indians. Where, you know, in our market? Where are, does that have global appeal? Yes, we know Bollywood. But, but where are these people, you know, where, where are the real stories? Where are the romantic comedies? Where are the, you know, starting lead uh, uh, people of color that have mass appeal? Who's writing and who's green lighting these projects? I know a few years back we had a problem with the Oscars. Who's on the board of these Oscars? You know, this is why we have created our own award shows. People wonder why, why, why are there BET awards? Why are there the hip hop awards? Why are there, you know, it's because we're not being celebrated in the way that we should be celebrated. Our acting is just as good, just as valuable, just as important. Our messages are the same. Our messages have mass appeal. You know, I mean, I'll even go on and say even, you know, musically, um, you know, hip hop is pop culture right now. So everybody's in tune to what we're doing. You know, Latin music is at an all time high. Reggaeton. Everybody's watching. So we need people who are green lighting our projects. We need equal pay. That's across the board. And I understand their tears to what we're doing. But when you get to a, be a level such as Hirsch, who is an A-list celebrity, she should be getting the same pay as everyone else. Right? Why is she getting, you know, $150,000 $150, for Benjamin Button and Brad Pitt is getting $10 million. That's a huge, huge difference. Isn't her performance valid? Isn't her performance incredible? Let me know what you guys think. So it's not the acting ability. It's who's setting these guidelines. Who's setting these marks and grading us for what we're doing. So we have people like Tyler Perry who have gone out and done what we all should be doing now. He decidedly bought his studio. He creates his own work. He greenlights his own work. Yes, you have to have, you know, good relationships with, you know, maybe the distributors 
but he green lights, he cuts out the middleman. He makes his projects. When you cut out the middleman, you make more money if that's what your goal is, right? You decide what your project is going to be. And I think that's why I've chosen more the independent route, because when you're making films, nobody tells you how to make your films. You're dealing with the group of people that you've gotten together. You come together on a project and you say, this is how we want to make it. And then you release it. You release it. You travel around to the film festival, you know, the independent film festivals. And then you see, you talk, you negotiate. And then that's when the, you know, the big studios will pick you up. What's your ultimate goal? What's your ultimate goal as an actor? What's your ultimate goal as a producer, as a filmmaker or somebody in the business? Is it to win an award? Is that what your goal is? Most people are, or at the end of the day, is it the art that you're producing? Is it something, is there a statement or a message that you're trying to make, that you're trying to connect or trying to solve a human condition or bring awareness to an open conversation like Taraji's doing now? Maybe it was bad timing, you know, to speak out during the press of, of this film. Why against Oprah? Why at this time? Whatever it is, that's what she felt like doing. She felt the timing was good. So we see all these things and a lot of people pick up, um, you know, whatever they want to. People extract different parts of what she's saying and direct them towards Oprah. Well, Oprah's not here to save the world. Oprah's a business too, just like you. And I'm saying you personally, Oprah has a business to run. So best thing I can tell you is she offers you, you know, they offer you a amount of money. She's not solely responsible. They offer you amount of money. You decide whether or not you want to be a part of the project. We all have to decide. I've had numerous projects where I decided it wasn't enough pay for me in my modeling days. The pay wasn't good enough for me. I know what my pay rate is. I decided not to do it. It worked out fine. They get somebody else. That person's happy. And I'm happy because I didn't get paid what I was worth. And then there were some projects where I decided I wasn't going to do it and they won awards after, you know, from the project. My loss. But I made the decision. I decided I wasn't going to be a part of it. So what can I do? I kicked myself. But yeah, after years, you, you, you really get tired of showing up for a job and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, we're just going to give you a couple crumbs. Uh, either you take it or don't. After 20 years, you're tired. So I'm, I'm right there with you, Taraji, on that one. I'm right there with you. But what are we going to do about it? So I applaud her. Make some noise. Was it the best time? Maybe it was. Maybe it was the right time. We're opening up conversation. Everybody's talking about it. It's time. You know, several people jumped in. People, you know, gearing their, their, their disappointment with the way Oprah does things, whatever, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. It's not just Oprah. Like I said, Oprah can't save the world. She's not here to serve every single black person in this world. She is a business just like you're trying to be a business. She's trying to be a business. Quincy Jones is trying to be a business. 
Steven Spielberg is trying to be a, be a business. But you also have an opportunity to choose what you want to do. You need to be a part of the project or, or you don't. You know? So you take this. Um, in this particular project, like I said, you know, the pay disparity, I don't know what she was being paid, but I think she's talking about in general. But one thing I can say is that in this project, we're seeing her in a bigger light than we saw her before. I mean, we knew she could sing. We knew Taraji could sing, but we didn't know she got sang, right? So that that's what the benefit is. She It opens a whole new door for what she's doing. So take this. She made some noise. And I hope going forward, people will recognize who she is and across the board. And like I said, it opens conversation. It's time to get the pay rate increased. Just like the SAG actors went on strike for months until things were worked out. Maybe we should unify and do that. We're irreplaceable. We know for sure that, you know, black people bring in the ratings. Latinos bring in the ratings. So we definitely should be getting paid. All right. That's my rant. Let me know what you guys think about all this. If you have something else to say, if you want to come on and talk about the show with me, please do so. Hit me up. You guys know who I am. It's Marcos Luis. M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. The show is One Mike Knight. O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. I thank you. I thank you for making 2023 one of my best years ever. Please, if you haven't, make sure you subscribe to the channel. I want to welcome all my new subscribers and all the people who've been watching this. This has been an incredible, incredible year for me to document people's stories and say a little bit about life. And thank you for joining the live chat every Tuesday night. We're coming back with a new season. I still may squeeze in one more podcast, so make sure you click the bell and find out. I'm going to start doing a lot more podcasts by myself because I have a lot to say. It's not just going to be interviews, but I have some really special guests coming up for the new season five. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is One Mike Knight. I'm Marcos Luis. I'll see you next time.